0: And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. Islanders with a disappointing performance. They fall to the Boston Bruins 4-1. We'll have a full recap, plus a preview of... Tonight's game against the Bruins and Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Wednesday at 8.30 to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So a very disappointing contest for the New York Islanders. They get off to a slow start and they never really recover. We'll talk about what happened and what went wrong. Plus the uh, injury to Josh Bailey, he left the game early, did not return. I think Barry Trotz summed it up well, where he said on tonight's start, unacceptable. We got some guys that didn't want to accept the challenge, and that is indeed a big problem for the New York Islanders. We'll break down the game, what went wrong, what went right, plus. We'll have a full preview of Sunday's game against the Flyers. We have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more to discuss on today's show. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you've got a comment, a question, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email the show. The email address is islanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, first name only, uh, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at on Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders game, so if you want instant Analysis and feedback, please follow along on Twitter. And it's always great to interact with fans during Islanders games. So, a rough performance, really, for the New York Islanders. And that was, you know, bad from the start. Now, this is the uh, sixth game between the Islanders and the Bruins, and the first one that the Islanders lost this year. But you look at the big picture, and the Islanders gave up 23 shots in the first period of this game alone. They were outshot 23-7, to and quite honestly, if it wasn't for the goaltending of Simeon Varlamov, the game would have ended right then and there. It would have been 4 nothing, 5 nothing, and we would have had very little to worry about, really, for the rest of the game. The Islanders did not seem to have any uh, hustle. They weren't moving their skates. They were losing almost every battle for a 50-50 puck. And at the end of the day, they were fortunate to only be trailing 2 to nothing after that first period. Now, the second period was, I think, the Islanders' best overall period in that game. But even so, they were outshot 12-11. to 11. Yeah, they got the goal by Zajac, and that was uh, his first goal as an Islander, and it was great to see. Matt Barzal set it up with a pretty play, but in the third period, when you're down two to one after 40 minutes, you expect your team to go all out to give you a push to start that third period to try to get the game tied, and the Islanders, you know, they stepped on the accelerator, but there was no gas. I mean, nothing happened. Out shot 10-5, end up falling. And here's the thing. Uh, There was one play in my mind that just encapsulated what, well, two plays, I'll say, that encapsulated this game. The first one was in the third period, Islanders had a two-on-one breakaway. Eberle tried to feed Barzal, couldn't quite connect on the two-on-one. It goes back the other way uh, a couple of seconds later, and it leads directly to the odd man rush and Taylor Hall's goal that essentially gives Boston a three-to-one lead. The Islanders had the opportunity, they weren't clicking, and then they didn't cover well, didn't get back in time, the effort just wasn't there, and the result is that goal that makes it a 3-1 to game. And then the final goal, to me, encapsulated a lot. It was the second goal of the game for Brad Marchand. But, you know, the Islanders pull their goalie down 3-1. to You would think that they are going to, again, a sense of urgency would have been there. No, no, no urgency. And basically, Pasternak out two, maybe even three Islanders for a loose puck in the Islander zone, passes it over to Marchand, he puts it home into the empty net, and that's all she wrote. And, you know, if the first of the two plays that I described shows the Islanders' lack of cohesiveness on offense, lack of hustle on defense, and then the empty net goal, you know, you can't lose a battle. Two-on-one or three-on-one for a loose puck, especially when you've got an empty net. And again, the urgency, the hustle, the things that make this team so successful wasn't there. And this is realistically the fourth straight game that the Islanders have played where the effort level, where the quality of their play really has not been up to Islanders' standards. And I'll tell you this right now. The New York Islanders are battling for first place in the East Division, not because they are the most talented team in the NHL. They're not. They do have a lot of talent, but they don't win on talent alone. The Islanders win hockey games because they play smart hockey with a lot of effort. And the one thing about the Barry Trotz system that you have to remember, it's all about positioning, defense first, and effort. And the positioning was off. They didn't play very good defensively, giving up 45 shots. And the effort from pretty much start to finish, with the exception of a few minutes in the second period, wasn't there. And it shouldn't surprise anybody under those circumstances, that the New York Islanders lost this game 4-1. to And the problem that I'm seeing right now is that since Palmieri and Zajac uh, have been acquired and played in these four games, the Islanders do not seem to have the same cohesiveness or the same uh, effort level that they have had most of this season. This is four games in a row where it just hasn't been there. Now they've won two of those games, which is the mark of a good team, but you can't, if you're the Islanders, you can't expect to just show up and win on talent alone. The effort has to be there, and over the last four games, it just hasn't been there consistently. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We still have our Islanders birthday of the day, preview of tonight's game against Boston, Sunday's game against Philadelphia, and more analysis on what went wrong last night in the 4-1 loss to the Bruins. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection ...of ten creative styles of diamond ring... ...designed by ten of the most distinctive designers working today... ...and they're rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana... ten female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. They're ideal for engagements, Mother's Day... ...or simply a beautiful conversation piece... ...and they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only... On Blue Nile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out and I'm blown away by the beautiful sample ring from Lola Fenhurst. It was absolutely gorgeous and Just something that I think that the significant other in your life would truly appreciate. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Islander fans, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, so Josh Bailey leaving the game early uh, on Thursday night. Bad sign for the New York Islanders. Bailey uh, only playing six minutes and 41 seconds of this game. He took uh a penalty had one hit, but uh realistically gotta keep an eye on that. Now again, the Islanders play again tonight, and we have to check and we'll certainly keep you updated on uh Twitter as to the status of Josh Bailey. Uh Michael Dal Cole, Ross Johnston, Leo Kamarov among the forwards who were scratches last night for the Islanders. So if Bailey is unable to go, I'm assuming one of those three players will step in and return to the lineup. Braden Coburn, by the way, uh, also a scratch for the Islanders last night. Not sure when he'll make his Islanders debut. Got to figure for tonight's game, by the way, that even though Varlamov played very well, That, with a back-to-back and a game again coming up on Sunday, that the Islanders will go with Ilya Sorokin in net uh, in that one. Great to see Travis Zajac finally get his first goal with the Islanders. You you know, he's playing top-line minutes, and that goal set up by a very good play by Matthew Barzal that created... Uh, the opportunities, Ajak in front of the net, which is where you want him, and he ends up tapping the play home and getting the only goal that the Islanders scored last night. Tough night, by the way, for Ryan Pulak. He was a minus three, not a typical game for him. And And overall, one of the problems that the Islanders had in developing their play last night and it's something noticeable, and it has to be corrected. You know, one of the ways the Islanders create offense is when their defensemen uh, step up and get involved in the offensive rush. And yes, the Islanders are a defense-first team, but they also really work hard at making sure that, you know, when the time is right, whether it's Nick Letty, Noah Dobson, uh, Pelic and Pulak, uh Andy Green they all step up and join the rush and get involved in the offense and the transition game especially uh whenever that opportunity arises and unfortunately uh that aspect of the game was sorely lacking against the Bruins last night it just wasn't there and as a result you know the Islanders had trouble breaking out from the Bruins forecheck they ended up turning the puck over far too many times, and it just wasn't a very good game. The Islanders had 13 giveaways in that game, and that is not typical of the New York Islanders. What they did do well, however, was block shots, and overall, the Islanders had uh 19 block shots to only 7 for the Boston Bruins. But when you start adding that up and you talk about 19 block shots and 45 shots on goal and then you add the number of shots that the Bruins attempted that went wide and you can see clearly how one-sided this game was. Now, Adam Pellick, uh, Ryan Pulak, Nick Letty, each with three blocked shots for the Islanders, and every one of the Islanders defensemen had at least one blocked shot in this game. So all of that, uh, a little bit of a bright side that at least this team was still willing to sacrifice the body. Uh, Casey Sizekas, he he took one blocked shot, really was in pain at one point, hit him right in the foot, But again, he sacrificed his body for the good of the team. Another area that is obviously a continuing concern is the power play. It went 0 for 3 for the Islanders uh, in the game last night. And realistically, when you add it all up, the power play continues to struggle. And look, there again, you're going to have a situation where there is and adjustment. Uh, An adjustment with regard to, you know, adding players like Zajac and Palmieri to the lineup. Uh, Obviously, not having Josh Bailey on the second unit did not help the Islanders any, but at the end of the day, the Islanders needed to be better on the power play. They need to move without the puck. They need to pass the puck and they need to get somebody situated in front of that net, and they didn't have any of those elements working today. Now, look, the 0-3, you got to take it with a grain of salt. They did have a power play in, what, the last minute and 10 seconds or so of the game when the game was already out of reach, and it really wasn't uh, wasn't something that they were putting in a full effort on. But when you break it all down... The Islanders absolutely have to do better and they need to be able to get their power play going if they hope to get back on track. Now, some good news for the Islanders, and we'll, we'll be very straightforward and blunt about it. Uh, they got some help yesterday. The Buffalo Sabres beat the Washington Capitals. So the Islanders remain two points behind Washington and the Islanders still have a game in hand, and the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime, so at the very least, Pittsburgh is one point behind the Islanders rather than tied with the Islanders, and both the Islanders and Penguins have played the same number of games, so the loss, you know, they blew an opportunity to tie things up with Washington again, but at the end of the day, Washington losing Pittsburgh, only getting one point in an overtime loss. Uh, all things considered, I guess the way you say it is, it could have been a lot worse for the New York Islanders, and and at least they will have a chance to regroup. But the key is this: after four subpar performances in a row, this team needs to come out and lay down the law, so to speak, to start the game tonight. They need to be able to play Islanders hockey, hustle, hit, back check. The four check has to be aggressive. And if I'm Barry Trotz, I am starting with the energy line, the the identity line, the best fourth line in hockey. I go out there with Zizekas, Martin, and Clutterbuck and set the tone against the Bruins right away. We've got more to talk about on today's show. We will have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a very special one, a well-known and well-liked Islanders player. We also will preview Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers, all that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the best-tasting candy bar ever. Look, I have tried a number of different flavors from Built Bar, and You're eating a protein bar and it's healthy for you, but it tastes like you're eating a chocolate bar and you're indulging in it. Why? Listen to some of these great flavors. Caramel Brownie, Apple Almond Crisp, Salted Caramel, Double Chocolate, Toffee Almond, Coconut. Can't go wrong with any of these. They have flavors that have nuts that are nut-free. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. They're easy to chew. And... Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and that makes them just great for the keto diet. Let's talk about my favorite flavor, cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Islander fans, be a waiver Wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So, time for our Islanders birthday of the day, and this is, uh, One of the players I enjoyed watching very much and covering over the years. Uh, Happy 33rd birthday today to former Islanders and current Buffalo Sabres right wing Kyle Oposo. Oposo originally drafted 7th overall in the first round by the Islanders in the 2006 NHL entry draft. Joined the team in 2007-2008 for nine games. Became a full-time Islander the following year. His best season with the Islanders was 2013-2014. 27 goals, 69 points in 71 games. He was a big part of the Islanders' 2016 playoff push, where he had 8 points in 11 games for the Islanders. Oposo, of course, still playing with the Sabres this year. He's dealt with a number of difficult injuries, and all around a nice guy, teamed with Matt Molson and, of course, John Tavares to be on the Islanders' top line for a number of years, and we're going to go back and look at what easily was his best game with the Islanders, January sixteenth, two 2015, home game at the Nassau Coliseum. The Pittsburgh Penguins are the visitors, Mark andre Fleury in goal for them, Yaroslav Halak in the net for the Islanders, and the Penguins got two quick power play goals midway through the first period, one by Sidney Crosby, who always seems to kill the Islanders, and then David Perron made it 2-0 Pittsburgh with his power play goal, but late in the first period, Kyle Oposo, his 10th of the year, John Tavares and Josh Bailey with the helpers. After one period, the Islanders trailed 2-1. Ryan Strome, evened it up for the Islanders midway through the second period his 8th from Anders Lee and Franz Nielsen at 12:31 but Sidney Crosby puts the Penguins back on top with 5 seconds left in the second period and the Islanders trailed 3 to 2 after 2 but Kyle Oposo wasn't going to take that lying down he gets the next 3 goals for the Islanders, first at 6.42, his second of the game, 11th of the year, Bailey and Thomas Hickey with the helpers at 11.51, his 12th, Bailey and Travis Hamenick with the helpers, and then at 17.29, a power play goal, Brock Nelson and John Tavares with the helpers, you add an unassisted empty net goal by Michael Grabner, and the Islanders skate away with a 6-3 to win. Over the Pittsburgh Penguins, Yaroslav Halak, 21 saves to earn the win. But for Kyle Oposo, a four-goal night, three assists for Josh Bailey in this one. But for Oposo, not just a hat trick, but four goals on six shots. He was also a plus three in this game, which tied for the Islanders team lead. And the Islanders ended up with a six-to-three win over division rival Pittsburgh. So happy 33rd birthday to Kyle Oposo, hard-working, determined, gifted scorer in his prime, and one of the all-around nice guys you're going to want to meet. So happy birthday, Kyle, and we wish you all the best, of course, except when you're playing the Islanders. So rather than preview tonight's game against Boston, which I think if you want to hear a preview of it, go back and listen to yesterday's Podcast when we previewed, you know, last night's game. Uh Tuka Rask came back for Boston, which is bad timing for the Islanders. I doubt Rask will play uh the second of back-to-back games, but we're gonna concentrate on previewing Sunday's game right now against the Flyers. And we mentioned earlier the Flyers fresh off their uh two-to-one shootout victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. Philadelphia right now has 46 points. That puts them six points behind Boston in the race for the final playoff spot in the East, but Boston does still have two games in hand, and Philadelphia team defense has been a problem all year round. Carter Hart has struggled, Brian Elliott hasn't been that much better, and Philadelphia You know, ranked near the bottom, 30th overall in the league in goals against, and 30th on the penalty kill. So we talked a little bit earlier about the Islanders' power play. They need to get it in gear, and going up against a Philadelphia team that is struggling on the PK might just be the opportunity that they need. Philadelphia has very balanced scoring. James Van Riemsdyk leading the team, but Uh, you know, he only has, uh, he has 34 points, Voracek, 32, Claude Giroux, and Sean Couturier, 31, and Joel Faraby, 30, so a very balanced offensive attack, the problem with Philadelphia is defense and effort, and hopefully the Islanders can take advantage of that, we have seen the Flyers, you know, have some disastrous games, like that 9-0 game they lost to the Rangers, they haven't played poorly against the Islanders this season, always play them tough, always seems to go to overtime, but the key for the Islanders is to get the two points and re-establish their game. Looking at the line combinations, Couturier centers Van Riemsdyk and Faraby on the top line. Claude Giroux is the second line pivot with Travis Konecki and Jakob Voracek on either side of him. Kevin Hayes centers Scott Lawton and Wade Allison on the third line. And then it's Nolan Patrick, Oscar Lindblom, and Nicholas Aubay-Kubel as the fourth line. On defense, Ivan Provorov and Justin Braun are the top duo, followed by Travis Sanheim and Robert Hag. Shane Gostisbear and Philip Myers are the third pairing. And again, the goaltending, which has been an issue all year, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott are the duo Morgan Frost still on IR. He is the only Flyers player right now who is on IR and hurting. Hopefully the Islanders will be able to get back on track against Philadelphia. It's an opportunity that hopefully they can take advantage of. We will be back Monday with a full analysis of all the weekend's games and all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course... Let's go Islanders.